And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Dr. Sean Ridnor. He is professor of economics at Grove City College, and he also has written a lot for the Mises Institute. Uh, Dr. Ridnor, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Well, um, these are kind of difficult times for many of our listeners. Uh, we're closed into our homes, our houses. Uh, many people are not able to go out and work, and uh, that has um, many ramifications. We come at this from Christian, Christian Brothers. Um, you teach at Grove City College, which is a Christian school. You also, I believe, in the past have been an elder in your church. And so um, there's a spiritual side to all this as well that's intricately woven into our lives, and it's it's hard to even separate the one from the other since, you know, this is real life. Here here we are, and, and we're Christians living in this world, and, and we have a pandemic um, going on. Now, you're you're an expert in economics, and so let's kind of focus in on that a little bit. We have a country that is in shutdown, and I'm concerned about the ripple effect. I'm concerned certainly about the virus. That's a no-brainer. Everybody's concerned about that. But there are some serious, I think, consequences to shutting down an economy. So can you kind of guide us a little bit in our thinking uh, along that line, Dr. Rittenor? Uh Yes. Um, uh, what, we, what we call the economy, what, what, why it matters so much is that uh, the economy is, is not just a number. Uh, I think we get too used to uh, watching the news and uh, feel or think, uh, get the impression that you know, the economy is just the uh, GDP or gross domestic product, and it's just a number, and when the number goes up, that's good. When the number goes down, that's bad. You know, the real economy is an economic order in which real human beings like you and me, uh, your listeners, engage in uh, activities uh, improving uh, their own lives, the lives of their children, the lives of their families by serving other people voluntarily as these other people also voluntarily serve them. And uh, we serve one another through providing uh, economic goods. We engage, you know, people go to work, they supply labor, uh, producers produce products that are supplied to households, um, the people in the households uh, buy those products, businesses will buy products and then use them to pr- produce other products that other people want. And so the what we call the economy is really a large economic order that is is that exists because it's beneficial uh, to people, and uh, so uh, the 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 way people fit into this is uh, called the market division of labor. It's uh, we found uh, very early on in our existence. You could find it clear back in the early chapters of Genesis. Um, there's benefits for people specializing in particular uh, activities, particular lines of production. Uh, doing thing, you know, not everybody is equally good at doing everything, and so everybody can find their special niche uh, where they are relatively more productive or more efficient doing something, 
And as everybody does this, the entire society benefits from this increased productivity, and we're all, we're all more prosperous, we're all better off. Um, and then on top of that, uh, in, a, in a free market order, there's an incentive for entrepreneurs to direct resources to their most highly valued ends and, and reap profit. There is an incentive for people to save and invest in accumulating uh, capital uh, and capital goods that can be directed uh, towards their most highly valued use uh, and then uh, by that reaping uh, profit uh, and uh, interest income. Uh, there's an incentive for workers to uh, become as productive as they can to earn, uh, you know, higher uh, wages. Uh, there's an incentive for uh, landowners to uh, direct their uh, the use of their land towards its most highly valued use, and thereby gain higher uh, prices for their land or rent rental value, high, higher uh, rental prices. Um, and what's amazing about this is, and I use the term economic order several times uh, already because it is an order, right? This is a free society doesn't uh, mean that we have economic chaos. There is an interconnectivity between uh, the actions of the workers and the actions of the entrepreneurs, and there's an interconnectivity between the uh, desires and the actions of consumers and the actions of producers, and then the actions of the workers hired by the producers. There's this interconnectivity and coordination that takes place so that it is actually very unusual. Uh, in fact, you hardly see it all uh, any long-term persistent, say, uh, surplus or shortage of goods in a free market because all of this activity is um, guided by entrepreneurs who use market prices to calculate expected profit and loss, and thereby they have a guide to direct their investments towards the production of those goods that earn profits, uh, thereby demonstrating that they are adding value to society as appraised by people in society. And then they have an incentive not to direct resources where the prices of the products are below the cost of production, thereby earning pro losses. That would be a sign that those resources in that venture were wasted, again, from the perspective of the people actually in society. So the market price system, the freely fluctuating market price system, allows entrepreneurs to get a sense of what is profitable and what is not. And then when the entrepreneurs act on uh, those uh, prices, they're able to uh, earn profits only by satisfying the actual preferences by actual people in the economy. And, and that's, that's how the market economy functions. And so when, we, uh, when, when the government intervenes for any reason, uh, good, bad, ugly, uh, when they intervene in any reason and, and hamper that production process and restrict that process from going on, so, you know, shutting down, uh, forcing uh, businesses to close, shutting down various ventures, um, that, that uh, worst-case scenario brings the entire economic process to a halt or, uh, you know, more likely as we have now, uh, the entire economy is not shut down, but it's greatly hampered. It's greatly hampered. And when that, when that occurs, 
you're simply slowing down production. You are um, you are uh, making it more difficult for people to actually get uh, goods and services that they uh, that they normally would get. And so, um, you know, regardless of you know the the the. The, the, the say the, the the health issue that's out there, no one should be um, Pollyannish about the uh, the consequence of trying to bring things to a screeching halt in terms of of uh, economic activity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's helpful. That kind of uh, gives me and our listeners a nice overview of how a free market system works. And um, can I say this um, as a Christian? I, I, I think it's, it's a very beautiful system. Um, you know, all of God's creation is beautiful. He, he pronounced it good. And this is good, too. It has the characteristic, as I was listening to you describe it, and today we're talking with Dr. Sean Rittenar, um, that this system sounds like it's self-regulating. Is that, did I catch that correctly? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yes and no. Um, some people will sort of they use the terms of self-regulating or automatic. Um, I would tend to I would prefer to think of it, it is that it's it's regulated by the people who participate in it. Right. In right. other words, you know, it's it's not it, it doesn't need an outside an outside force or entity to direct production from one line to another it's not it's not a controlled or pl- it's not a controlled or centrally planned economy there yes. is reg- regulation or planning um, uh, that occurs but the question is who's doing the regulating who's doing the planning i remember once um, when uh, i my very first my, my very first uh, university position at uh, a place where i was uh, before a gross city uh, we had a first convocation, and I thankfully took the advice of a friend of mine and had uh, bought my cap and gown, so I owned it. And I, and it, and you know, you send in your the correct measurement, and you get a a gown that looks you know good and fits, and you get a cap that 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 looks good and fits. Sure. And there's a, a a new another uh, hire in a different. Um, in a different discipline, and he was sort of a, sort of a neo-Marxist, and he knew I was an economist, and I presumed I was a free marketer, and so he got in, he rented his cap and gown, and his cap didn't really fit very well, and it, frankly, it looked a little dorky, and uh, I said, he, he said, can you believe this? And I said, yeah, and then he knew, uh, um, he knew he was trying to yank my chain, and I said, he said to me, he said, well, somebody needs to regulate this, <laughs> and I and and I said I said well I said well you'll never rent from him again, and he <laughs> said touche. I mean he's the regulator in this context, right? If, yeah, well if, put. If, 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 you know if if uh, if uh, you know somebody produces a good that that people don't think is up to snuff quality wise or it's just too expensive. Then uh, that that entrepreneur cannot continue in, in in a free market system. He'll have to direct his productive activities in ways that actually satisfy customers enough so that they voluntarily spend some of their income on this person's product. So um, in that sense, of course, it's it's not automatic, but it is true that this is an economic order that uh, does not require you know, uh, some uh, central planning overseer to always being, you know, pulling the levers 
to manage things, you know, just right. Um, in, in fact, it's when, when, when government steps in to try to do this, it ends up uh, distorting the economic order, and, that's, and that, you know, causes economic problems, and, and, and that's the thing that actually leads to uh, economic chaos and actually leads to, um, you know, a relative impoverishment compared to what the true free economic order would give us. Yeah, very interesting. I, I enjoy this. Um, yeah, some time ago I came across some writings that were talking about the Fed, and the more I read them, the more I realized, hey, we don't need this Fed at all. It's a shame that it even exists. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, money is an economic good, uh, just like any other good. So the laws of economics apply to money just as much as they apply to uh, all consumer goods or all producer goods. And that being the case, uh, we could have there's, – there's no reason – in fact, when we used to, uh, years ago, I mean, you know, centuries ago, um, the, the, there, we could have uh, private uh, money producers – that would be, uh, you know, be successful in um, uh, mining and minting, uh, creating uh, monetary uh, units that uh, would only be held and used if uh, they had, if they were perceived as being valuable and suited to the purpose. Mm-hmm. And 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 um, you know, if 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 uh, somebody. Uh, when it was a bit too profligate and, and drove down the value of a particular money, that would uh, encourage people to stop using that money and start using other forms of money. Sure. And, um, you know, the, the market process would sort out, um, you know, the, mo- the, the monetary system or, the, you know, the, the, it would sort out the, the money market, if you will, just as the market system, the market prices could sort out everything else. I mean, isn't it interesting that, I mean, you know, uh, under normal circumstances, again, in a free market, I mean, we never, we never, you know, lost any sleep over, oh, is, is, is there an optimal amount of bread in the store today? Or is there an optimal amount of apples in the store today? Right. No, because, because the, the, the market price system and the entrepreneurs in the market price system saw to it that, Apples were supplied when people wanted them, and bread was supplied when people wanted them. And there's no reason to think that the same thing couldn't happen in in money production. Yeah. Now, um, today we want to get around to uh, just talking quickly about this uh, pandemic and and the the measures that have been taken, um, basically shutting down the economy. I saw a very sad picture this morning in my uh, travels on the internet, and it, it was uh, of food uh, that a farmer had grown uh, being plowed into the ground. Um, in this case, it was talking about um, while well, he was dumping milk, uh, he was destroying eggs and potatoes uh, because the market for that food had been disrupted and it was going to go bad, and so there was no way to get it to the consumer, and so he had to destroy it. And it and it just made my heart sad to see something like that happening. This um, this shutdown we're going through, it feels very unnatural. Um, how do you view it, and um, what kind of a ripple effect are we seeing, or will we see, as we go on for another couple of months here? Yeah, that that is really a good question. Um, this certainly is unprecedented in my lifetime, and... It's it's um, it's we 
it's so new that we don't have a lot of history to look back on, like in terms of uh, you know exact uh, exact uh, scenarios. Um, we don't know what all the ripple effects are going to be. I think everybody should understand it's they're they're going to be large. Uh, they're going to be varying. Different people will feel different ripple effects. Um, in some sense, it's it's a uh, it's uh, I mentioned before we uh, got on the air. It's a brave new world. We're asking to yeah. see if it's possible for a uh, basically market economy, even though it's our economy was hampered significantly before the lockdown. It's now, of course, even more hampered, and we're gonna you know we're, we're gonna just in some sense. Uh, put uh, put a stop to large portions of it, and then see somehow if you know, a couple months, three months, whatever down the road, we can just sort of up and say a, a-, a- okay and 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 get up <laughs> and running again. Um, at the same time, there continues to be uh, uh, reports and 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 calls for uh, certain uh, policies to to extend this kind of lockdown, you know, for many more months in the future. And again, I don't I don't know anything about yeah I know very little put it that way about uh, epidemiology and all that stuff. But uh, we need to take seriously that it. That, that you know, shackling the market division of labor is very costly. Um, one of the big problems is that we have different people in different policymakers acting across purposes. Uh, for instance, we have the lockdown that is slowing down production, and again, uh, at first it, 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 it didn't. It didn't. I mean, it, it didn't didn't feel so bad economically uh, because, you know, some people had some savings. There were still goods in the shelves. There's still goods in the shelves. But as the lockdown begins to impinge on things, uh, as you pointed out, like the food supply chain, um, that then is going to cause some uh, certainly reductions in supply. And if you if you you have these reductions in supply, and at the same time you have government sending out stimulus checks, and you have government you have the Fed just uh, just 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 flooding uh, the financial system with with reserves and cash. Um, uh, the Fed is providing cash to the banks, investor and investors who then will buy treasury debt. And um, if if that that is going to be that's going that significantly inflates the monetary base, and if this money gets injected into the economy, which it does, if 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 this money ends up getting lent to the to the federal government, and the federal government you know continues to pass two trillion dollar stimulus bills, that money gets to the economy. That that money is going to be coming into the economy, into the hands of people. At the same time that production is being slowed, and so if you have an increased demand and a decreased supply, it's possible we could see considerably high price inflation that lasts for a very long time. Um, and if people begin to panic at, 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 by having to pay higher prices uh, and call for price gouging laws to be enforced, which is already a fear amongst sellers, uh, this will cause shortages like we experienced in the early 1970s mm-hmm. um, that I think we talked about a, you know, a while ago, actually. Um, 
on a program, um, I don't know, several, several months ago, but Mm -hmm. in any event, um, uh, that's, that's a scenario. Now we don't know exactly, um, uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen to this new money. Um, uh, we can't, I mean, every injection of new money into the economy has real and permanent effects. And so those people that get the first mo- the new money first, be it the government or their friends, um, they're going to be able to uh, expand their purchasing first. And so uh, wealth will be redirected towards the preferred lending institutions, the investment banks that get the new money from the Fed. And the people that will be penalized are those who get the new money late or don't get any new money at all because they're on fixed incomes. And those people will be forced to pay higher prices. And so it's possible um, we may not see any immediate results of the economic uh, turmoil, shall we say, the economic policies, I should say. That's a better way to put it. Um, We may not see any immediate results on uh, Main Street, but there are already significant malinvestments that have been made by financial institutions that are frozen in place and as more banks receive this infusion of Fed money, they are able to just keep them on the books. They don't have to liquidate. Um, and so we have more banks uh, that perceive what you know what would refer to as zombie status. They're 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 not economically they're dead, but they they just haven't lied down anywhere. Yes. <laughs> They, yes. they, they they they're just they're up to no good. They 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 just they 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 exist, but they're not really performing the function that banks uh, could profitably perform in a free market. Um, uh, so if 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 all these new reserves get just simply absorbed into the banking system, that would not uh, create uh, as much money in the. Uh, in the hands of people in the economy, that would uh, make it less likely there would be super high price inflation, but it would make the financial sector more, uh, shall we just say, less efficient all the way around, and that has its own ramifications. Mm -hmm. But to the extent that the money does enter the system, and we're talking, again, trillions of dollars that the Fed has created and injected into reserves uh, over the last, I don't know, two or three months really it's 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 mind-boggling and 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 the 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 federal reserve i just uh has done this uh it's not just here um i i i heard about was it two weeks ago uh the 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 bank of england uh the chairman of the bank of england announced that they pledged to provide unlimited credit unlimited uh, funds as necessary well, that is uh, that's a, a Katie bar the door statement. I mean, when 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 central bankers say we will provide unlimited oh. financial resources, um, that that takes away all uh, economic constraint. Uh, it, oh, yeah. it gives it, it you know it it, it lays out the um, the expectation that no matter what type of decisions we make, no matter how potentially foolish they may be, how risky they may be, if things go bad, the central bank will bail us out. 
that's a recipe for for bad decision making. Now uh, I'm looking at the clock here, and uh, I wish we could keep talking for another hour. And here we are; we're out of time already. Um, oh dear! T- today we've been talking with Dr. Sean Rittenar, and I think we'll have to get together again because this is this is a lot of fun, and I can just sit back and listen, and it's like going to college again. Um, Dr. Rittenar, if someone would like to read more of your writings. Uh, where's a good place where they can go and do that? Oh, well, um, I uh, have written uh, a number of uh, pieces for uh, Mises.org, uh, the Ludwig von Mises Institute, that's M-I-S-E-S dot O-R-G. Um, I have written a number of uh, shorter essays at the Institute for Faith and Freedom uh, at Grove City College. And then I do, of course, still my book is still in print, Foundations of Economics, a Christian View, that provides a more theoretical examination of of all uh, topics uh, uh, related to economics. That sounds good. And uh, really quick, um, is your college, um, what's the college doing right now? Well, we are in lockdown as well. Uh, all schools in Pennsylvania have been uh, told that they're not opening for the rest of the semester, so we're, we're doing classes uh, online. Um, I'm teaching classes over the Internet. Uh, my students are uh, listening at home or wherever they are uh, over the computer, and we're you know, trying to do things the best, best we can. That's right. Good, good for you. Well, I want to thank you very much for joining us today, and we just got to make a mental note to have you on again. Uh, we've been talking with Dr. Sean Rittenor, and his last name is spelled R-I-T-E-N-O-U-R. So if you go to Mises.org, M-I-S-E-S.org, uh, that's the name that you would type in and look for. Uh, Dr. Rittenor, thank you so much for taking your time with our listeners today. Oh, thank you very much. It's always a delight. (laughs) Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. Now listen, kings, be wise. All you rulers, come and check your pride. Get down on your knees, rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun while he is near. And let your rage become a holy fear. The Son of God calls out to you, come find your rest in me. Come stand with me up here on Zion's hill. My rage will soon be kindled, so you best compile your need. And woe to those refusing my goodwill. My son just dies to me, and I will give the nations of the earth for you to rule them with a mighty iron Just asking me and I will give the nations of the earth for